<laughs> so hi, we're from Alpha Omega London, maker of shoes at heart but creator of waves in the fashion industry. We started this podcast series to tackle head-on the current issues that matter in the society we live in today and get honest views from the mouths that matter. So in this series, we're discussing how fashion over the years has followed with its association with revolutionary causes and social injustices, revolutionising both the industry and the way we view gender in a post-industrialised world. So tackling this discussion, this series, is Tamara, Nazina, Priyanka, Kate. So welcome back. I made it to episode four. Um, <laughs> so today uh, we're really going to assess how fashion over the years has affected change in respect to gender inequality and really kind of question what part fashion's played in the gender archetypes that we live by today. So who wants to... <laughs> We're looking at the role that, that fashion has sort of played in obviously in the, in the state that we're in now with, with how we review gender identities. And um, I think um, fashion has over the years been incredibly pivotal, mm. you know, given that it is um, used to express, you know, our gender identities. Um, however, I feel as though it's been a bit of a confusing journey. I feel also that um, when, you know, you look at the social injustices of gender and inequality, often the, the fashion was, was pretty much depicted um, as, you know, this sort of bastion towards equality. Um, and I just feel it was way too idealised. You can't use fashion to change the world. Fashion just kind of hijacks that whole message, but affects very little change, in my opinion. But it keeps the conversation going because obviously I think it raises awareness. It, it definitely it's the gives... massive, massive kind of facilitator of getting word out there. Absolutely, and it's it's almost like you know the biggest like social media platform yeah. is is what we were yeah i think the thing about fashion is that it's very aspirational it kind of and and uh, by being aspirational it also uh, stereotypes genders you know it uh, still defines how women are supposed to look like manicured waxed slim mm -hmm. and things like that and uh, when you think of um, clothing uh, it always tries to, it talks about uh, making women look less weak and fragile. But how, why does it sound bizarre to us when I think about making men wear skirts? I mean, let's kind of talk about like the power suit. Yeah, let's yeah. think. I know, I know, going back to kind of, I suppose, corporate life again, but it just, it feels so many issues. But, um, the power suit. So I don't like. I don't know. When did it come about? Like the eighties. That's I guess. right. Start in the eighties. And it's essentially. I mean, everyone knows what the power suit is, but it's the female version of the suit. We're talking the tailored trousers, like typically back then, the big shoulders. And it definitely. It, I mean, it's still in our society today. I mean, I feel like a lot of women don't mean to be mean, but choose the kind of horrible like dowdy pencil skirt, like unfitting jacket version. But why has that been such a, I don't know, I suppose a game changer and the kind of typical woman with a big job power suit? 
like why has that come about why is it the suit why isn't it a feminine not a feminine dress but why is it essentially dressing like a man because a woman has to 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 fit in in a male-dominated environment and you know the sharp shoulders um or the the broad the broad Mm. sharp shoulders almost um you know that they they signify a sense of power mm-hmm. um but there there's an element of that needed in order to fit into that sort of male dominated environment is that right or wrong well i don't feel as though any woman should have to alter you know their appearance um in order to fit in i don't think anyone should have to um but there have been studies that have been made which actually confirm that you know, it's it's more suggested for a woman to actually, you know, wear a power suit or that that was pretty much what at the time was suggested. You know, this study was, I, I can't actually remember which study it would, it would help if I did, but <laughs> it supported, you know, this whole aesthetic, particularly within that environment. It actually um, showed that if a woman was to adapt those sort of masculine, you know, sort of the aesthetics or features, that they're more sort of guaranteed towards success, um, you know, within that environment. And I I just don't know, again, you know, I just don't know what that says. If anything, you know, fashion, what it did at the time is it kind of piggybacked off of that and, and you know, trends of broad shoulders, you know, dominated catwalks. Um, you know, I'm looking at a Giorgio Armani suit, which was quite revolutionary, you know, back in their 1989 catalogue. And, you know, it's just... It's reflections of an era where so much was happening economically and women were sort of just entering into that very sort of powerful, um, you know, uh, corporate environment or that they they were able to at least access, even if it was limited, an element of that power that we were talking about in the previous episode. Um, And so it's it's very, it's it's part of the rhetoric at the time. However... um, you know, it's still quite damaging because what it's saying, I guess, to young, you know, women, essentially, is that you do have to alter yourself. It's it's saying that, you know, it, fashion's bringing across that message that to be important and to be powerful, to be taken seriously, you need to dress like a man because men are taken seriously. And it's reinforcing that to men. Yeah. as well, yeah. which is not going to help the situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So exactly. you've got this patriarchy that's just, that's just like, it's just thriving, yeah. you know. We're not, it's not making efforts to try and do what it did, which was, you know, neutralise um, any inequality. It was actually perpetuating the same gender inequality, you yeah. know, concepts that... Mm-hmm. that that we were having to deal with and we still deal with today. Because if you go back, I mean, obviously fashion made, like, a massive difference because by adopting men's clothes, it's more about the practicalities of it. You get out the corsets, you stick on some trousers, you can now physically go to work, which you couldn't do before. Mm -hmm. Um, But over time, it, it does feel like it's... The practical side has been addressed... But now it's addressing the fact that we need to kind of hide you away. You know, you can come and work here, but we need to not really be able to see you as you actually are because we're still not quite comfortable with that. Mm. Um, So, you know, stick on some trousers. You know, the trousers become less about enabling 
you to do something and and sort of it's enabling you but it's also hindering you because mm. you're not as a woman you're not really there no, no. in a way and if you turn up in a in a dress to work or you turned up in something frilly or and that's somehow seen as bad and that, that I think that sort of reinforced it and why should that be bad you mm. still do the same job you, you you still have the same ability than the day as the day you came in in trousers. Why is that so negative? Just a quick reminder, you're listening to the AO London podcast. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen on, give us a review and carry on the protest. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. The funny thing is, is that it almost mixed up that, you know, aesthetic with this message of empowerment. You, you know, mm. it was seen as empowering women for the first time. And I just felt that, yeah. It's kind of it's, counterproductive, no, it isn't wasn't. it? Yeah, of course it wasn't. Because it's because... the idea that it's like, you know, yeah, my gosh, women can do, you know, you can do a man's job. You right. can be a man. Do that. Do yeah, that. Yeah. Dress like a man because you can be like a man. Yeah. But all it really, it just added fuel to the fire because all it, and I think, you know, in, in hindsight and, you know, looking back, all it really did was make it okay for for you to be more like a man, yeah. to be able to be powerful and well, to be able to do a job. We don't necessarily want to, we don't want to be men. Yeah. That's we just the thing. want it, to be treated the same it, as. I think yeah. the industry tries to advocate uh, social change, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. in reality, I think it just exploits uh, social movements. You yeah. know, like in the mm -hmm. past, when you look at the hip hop culture from the 80s and the hippies culture for example right. from the 60s or something of course you're you're emphasizing on the subculture but you're also making them look dangerously different mm -hmm. which which kind of uh starts a lot of contradictions mm. yeah and i think when you you look at it you know you go back further and the idea of like when in the victorian era the clothing reform movement it didn't really come out of doing that it was always about practicality it was it organic was to do yeah. with yes. it was to do with also women's health yeah. because yeah. you know yes. previous Those dressing has been physically right. damaging yeah. Yeah. as well as restrictive um it, it seems to me that that came very much out of and also it was it was it almost seemed like more of a sort of a government and society kind of issue being tackled yeah whereas now with the fashion industry it is it is very much just yeah fueling it right. basically right. rather than actually addressing something that was of a genuine need. I think it all began with the wearing bloomers under yeah. short dresses or something. And I mean, has fashion, has it necessarily intended to do that? Has it kind of just been an accidental aftermath? Because essentially, like you said, with the whole, you know, hippie era and trends mm. like that, have, have again, have they just been a way, has fashion, has the industry seen it as a way to make money? They think, yeah. oh, this is a subculture people are, you know, are liking right now. Let's buy into it. And especially with with the power suit, they're like, oh, okay, this is an era where you know we're we're, we're getting a lot more momentum. Absolutely, inequality. Should we make yeah. you know? Should yeah. we make a profit on this? Yeah. And have they really intended to make statements about you know gender equality or gender or fueling gender inequality? And has it kind I of maybe been mass more market not so much mm -hmm. because their you know their their goals and their intentions is just to make a profit mm -hmm. but i think maybe you know designers with um a you know whether it's political or social agendas would have been quite proactive or active in trying to maybe tackle certain issues but i think overall the industry overall 
I, I definitely don't feel um, we're trying to solve this issue because clearly when you look, when you dissect, you know, the sort of trends or the themes that were that were coming about during that time, they were just reinforcing the, the same rigid social constructs that they were trying to market. I mean, for me, it just kind of seems biased because when you, you know, you look at who dominates the fashion industry mm. and at the top end it's men yeah absolutely at the top, at the top end of absolutely. the spectrum designer wise and you know ceo wise men run the show absolutely and so any product of that industry is a trickle down effect yeah. right. you know yeah. and they're only going to sign off and they're only okay with what you know if the, the stakeholders are happy or if the creative director is happy you know, it, it, it you know, the, the fashion trickles down from that. And I think if essentially the people at the top are men, then what message is that going to give off and, and how can we really make an impact yeah. if the change we're, you know, if the change we're trying to have is to make fem- women more equal to men Absolutely. when women aren't at the top? Absolutely. I think when making these subcultures look more exotic, it's... Unintentionally or unintentionally, I don't know what. Mm -hmm. I think it's creating this very uh, clear distinction between the mainstream consumers and the population by which the industry is fascinated by. I think it's just also it's got more prevalent. The more money now the industry is about, the more money that gets involved with it, the Mm -hmm. more prevalent it is to just jump on a bandwagon Mm -hmm. without really thinking about you know, in some of these cases, really thinking about what they're doing um, to sell some more clothing. And it, does, it doesn't come from a place of practicality or health or really even wanting to do the right thing. It just comes with, down to money, I think. Mm. I mean, you know, as the question sort of states, has, it, has fashion affected change? Well, to be honest, no, not really, because, you know... No, I mean, I think it's been a great... If you, you look back over history, it's it's a great gauge of where society is. It's a very visible form of showing mm. where society is going, the changes in society. It, it's, kind, it's quite easy to chart that by just really looking at what people wear. But... And, and there, ha- there have been, obviously, little, little moments... Where it's quite, it's made quite a difference to you know people's daily lives, as we're are we all sitting here wearing yeah, we trousers? Are. We are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I mean that has that, and not in corsets, so it has I'm made a difference in that. Sorry. It's freezing outside. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you know we're not all sitting here wearing like corsets and a bustle. So obviously no. in that respect it has <laughs> it has altered that. But I th- I think really, yeah, I, I'd say overall those are little blips. In in yeah. in its course, um, but we're still we're still living in a world where there is a huge amount of gender inequality. Yeah, yeah. I think Massive. socially, the, yeah. it still exists. And I don't think fashion is the is the thing that's going yeah, to. It's, it's not the antidote, is it? Really? No. Yeah, it it might show the progress of the fight, but it's not going to be in the fight, no. really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So this is great. So really, to conclude, what we're basically saying is that fashion in its in its well very early stages and we're talking about post industrialized you know revolution here um but during those times where women were fighting for their rights you know fashion did really lend um a helping hand 
in how a woman was then to navigate through life, making it way more obviously healthier and way more easier with the bloomers, etc., and with the sort of more functional attire. Um, and that's a slightly different uh, approach to the way in which fashion is, is I guess, tackling um, the social issues that evolve around gender and gender inequalities and gender identities now. I think we've entered into almost like a, a, a slightly, if you want to call it this, a, a smaller version of a revolution um, in that respect, given that, you know, we're now looking at, you know, how, you know, men, I don't know, express themselves as men and how women express themselves as women and fusing those two together. Um, whether I feel that, you know, fashion has over the years affected a great amount of change, particularly within the, the gender, you know, sort of inequality spectrum. Um, yes, it has. But then, you know, in the in the in the sort of latter years, maybe not so much. And we kind of explored, you know, the whole power suit and that it was literally an oxymoron in that it was a representation of, you know, a woman in a man's aesthetic. So we're actually looking at an industry pretty much perpetuating the same sort of social, um, the rigid social constructs that it was initially trying to um, to to get rid of. Yeah, I just, I, I think fashion, it, it, there's been elements of, there's been little pockets of change during its history that it, it really has had an influence, but... Yeah, I think um, the longer we've gone on since those those last sort of changes and the more monetized it's become, I think the, there's there's a bit of helping and hindering from yeah. the industry. Mm-hmm, um, definitely. It, it, it just, it feels like although it's, maybe it's not affecting it, but it, it's charting it, mm. um, social change, mm. and it's making things visible um whether that's gender issues cultural issues it's bringing subcultures to the fore it's educating maybe it's just educating people in a in a small way getting them familiar with new ideas and helping them to understand it a bit better but equally it you know it also has had massive negative effect I mean funny thing is is what we didn't actually discuss in more detail was unisex fashion because Mm. I guess that was that was something that was quite pivotal Mm. um in the 70s and I think um it it you know unisex was was definitely a way in which people were um able to sort of see the homo homosexual um community with a little bit more visibility because I guess back then um you know that they they weren't they weren't very visible but i think after that period you know we were able to understand homosexuality a little bit more and i guess the same thing is happening with this next sort of revolution in terms of agenda we're able to understand the lgbt community yeah. who identify with agender a little bit and more that's- a very positive right and road to go down and i guess homosexuals you know gay people back then were able to identify with unisex fashion and and and, and that's what we're able to understand pretty much from that was just how much they were able to use unisex as a way of of fitting in mm. 
you know, they, they really they, they really embrace it for them. Unisex was liberating. And I guess it's almost the same wave of change which is happening with people within the LGBT community that are able to utilise this whole agenda concept. It's going to be a way in which we're going to understand yeah. them, uh, you know, a little bit better. Um, or they'll have more visibility or they'll have more acceptance. I think that's, um, you know, obviously that's that's kind of what you want from fashion is to, to that positivity, making things visible, making them, um, you know, bringing different communities and different cultures yeah, out yeah. into the world and, every, you know, and bringing people together. But yeah. just, you you know what I mean. Also, I think kind it creates, of, it creates yeah. awareness, doesn't it? I yeah. think the, the actual social movement that's happening isn't really related to fashion, but fashion's the facilitator and yeah. it's the face of it. It's the face of the change. But then yeah. it's going to be the face of it. It still needs to take some responsibility. Yeah, yeah for absolutely. When, you know, in the way it deals with it, whether that's positive or negative. Thanks so much for listening. Please let us know your thoughts and carry on the discussion on social media at alpha omega underscore London. Please subscribe on whichever platform you listen on and leave us a review to carry on the protest.